It is I, your host, Alexis Barber. Today, I am so excited to talk to you guys about female friendships. So as you know, this show is for women who are essentially trying to build their own dream lives. Girls who like being superficial, girls who like being smart, but also girls who are trying to untangle all of the different things that society has told us that we have to be. And a lot of that ends up coming together with our female friendships. To get started today, I just want to preface this by saying I have tried to record this episode multiple times and I feel like I can't ever get it right. So I want to be honest and say that my experience with female friendships has not always been positive. My experience has also varied and I think it will continue to vary, especially because I'm obviously going to business school later this year where there'll be a lot of friendships to be made and to have and a lot of friendships to maintain as well. I kind of want to like frame this episode in the realm of I want to explain to you my experience. I'm just one person, honestly, with female friendships. I want to explain what I look for in other friends now that I've learned from all of those experiences in my friendships. And then I also want to give some resources and tips for making new friends as well as for maintaining good female friendships. And I want to start this whole episode by talking to you about why female friendships are so important to us. Before we get started, I want to let you know and remind you that as always, this episode of Too Smart for This is brought to you by Two Collective, which is my line of luxury bathrobes. And I think you all know that Mother's Day is coming up. Yeah, two-ish weeks, Mother's Day is going to be here, and I have the perfect gift for you. And it is a super soft, super functional luxury bathrobe. Our moms are the people who run this world. Moms are literally the backbone of society. They are constantly doing things for others, not doing things for themselves, and facing burnout, I think, at higher rates than all of us could imagine. I think it's so important to show your mom that you value her self-care, you value that she gets time for herself, and that she gets time to enjoy who she is, and there's no better gift to signify that than a too cozy robe. The thing that sets these robes apart is not just, you know, that they're luxurious and comfortable and high quality. It's that they're also very functional. So by giving her this robe, you're showing like, oh, I understand that you need function in your day to day as well as your self-care. The Too Cozy robe comes with adjustable sleeves so that you can wash the dishes, wash your face, do what you need to do, read a book, dig your hand into a box of popcorn if you need to without getting your sleeves dirty. Additionally, the belt is attached, which means that you don't have to lose it in the wash. You don't have to lose it because it gets stuck in the bottom of a rolling chair. There's so many amazing qualities about this robe. And the best part is that it is super washable. So even though it's white, of course, because the white is very luxurious, It's washable and it literally just gets softer with every wash. So it's truly a no-brainer. We have tons of five-star reviews. I have not heard one piece of negative feedback about the robe. I think you guys will absolutely love it. So if you want to get this for your mom for Mother's Day or for the women in your life who you believe deserve a little self-care treat, you can use the code PODCAST15 for 15% off and go ahead and get shopping now. The link will be in the show notes. So let's get started by talking about why female friendship is so important. I think that we, as we know, live in a world that is dominated by men. We live in a patriarchal society and women are kind of the only people who can really understand us. And of course, there's probably women in our family. There's probably women in the workplace that we know, but significant female friendships are probably the only place where we're going to be able to get that 
understanding from women that we don't always get in our family experiences or that we don't always get in the workplace because women are the people who understand us, the people who can relate to us, who can give us advice, who can be there for us when we're down. And in a world that really prioritizes romantic relationships and romantic focuses and finding a man and getting married and having children, we need women to hold us down a lot of the time because at this point, truly, we're most women are really going through it. And when you don't have a support system, you're putting that all on yourself. And that's not always fair to yourself because we can't know everything. We can't experience everything and we can't see everything for what it is without bias. And that's why it's so important to nurture the women in our lives and nurture the friendships that they happen to give us. With that all being said, why are female friendships so hard to make and maintain? Well, I think the true answer, as it is to really everything out here, is the patriarchy. I think that we have been conditioned as a group to focus on, one, appealing to men, and two, but to compete with other women in order to, yes, appeal to more men. And also we just like compete with other women because a lot of times we see other people doing things that bother us. And a lot of times when you get to the root of why another woman is bothering you, it's because she's doing something that you didn't think was possible for yourself. And it's triggering you and it's making you villainize that person for doing whatever they're doing. I really think that if you look back at the conflicts you might have had in your life, a lot of times those conflicts are very valid. But when you look at why another person is bothering you, most of the time, it's either they are operating from a place of insecurity that is simply annoying and not self-aware, or they are triggering an insecurity in you where you feel like you need to react because they're doing something that you don't enjoy. Don't get me wrong. I think that there are not nice women out there. I think that there's toxic people out there, but at the root of it all, most people are just insecure and trying to figure out themselves and trying to you know, feel a sense of love and belonging. And that is no excuse for bad behavior. I think you should always cut somebody off if they're pissing you off or if they're making you feel bad about yourself. But I think we can all empathize with women in any experience and in any industry because all of us have been conditioned to act and be a certain way and told that we're too much or we're too little. We're not enough because of these absurd expectations that have been put on us to be small, be thin, be big, be curvy, whatever. It's like we're told to do all these conflicting things 24-7. A lot of people deal with that in different ways, and sometimes that is taking it out on other women. And I think that's why we really do struggle to make authentic female friendships sometimes as well as to maintain them. So let's get into my experience with female friendships. So I grew up in a rural town um, in Missouri up until I was eight years old. When I was eight or nine, we moved to St. Louis, and I went to this school that was pretty small, a private school. They gave scholarships to low-income kids who were gifted, and it was an incredible experience, and that's where I made my first like Black girlfriends, and it was just a, such a beautiful little experience. I love my girls from then forever. And then right after that, I was thrust into elite boarding school. So I went to boarding school outside of St. Louis for six years. Um, and this was a very competitive elitist boarding school. Everyone there was white or Asian, majority Asian. Most of my friends growing up from high school are Asian. It's, it was a very small school, so it was a very slim pickings as well. But I think that everyone in boarding school has like a different bond than if you just went to regular school because 
we lived together for such a long time. But there, because I everyone was very wealthy, I immediately started hiding parts of myself because I didn't feel worthy and I didn't feel smart enough. I didn't feel pretty enough because I was the only black girl. I didn't feel rich enough because I didn't carry a Birkin to class. Um, I'm not joking. They were carrying Birkins to class. I didn't feel, like I said, pretty enough, rich enough. I didn't feel smart enough. Everyone, I would be made fun of and told I only got into Northwestern because of affirmative action. There was lots of things that triggered a lot of deep insecurity in me in high school. And I think that's where a a large amount of the roots of my insecurity started. And so at that point, I just learned to start suppressing myself. It just sort of like let those fans of insecurity flame. So, or let the flames of insecurity, they were just sort of being fanned. That's sort of where I was at in high school. And I had good friends in high school and I had authentic friendships in high school, but I was still suppressing a lot of myself while I was there. Moving on to college, this is where I think, you know, you're in adulthood for the first time. And at that point, I'm mixed. So this has always been a issue for me. You get to school and a lot of schools, I think if you went to college, you can probably also say that this is true. A lot of times people separate themselves into different groups based on race. So you'll see all the Asian kids hang out together. You'll see all the white kids hang out together. You'll see all of the black kids hang out together. And sometimes there is overlap. I definitely had a diverse set of friends in in college for sure. However, you essentially kind of have to choose in college. And if you're not on one side, you are on the other. And I did not like that. So I grew up in addition to my like black elementary school, Asian boarding school. I went to Jewish summer camp for six years. I was always friends with everybody and able to be friends with everyone because you know, I don't know, like diversity was just something that had happened so naturally in my life. And I found myself when I joined a sorority in college, None of the black people wanted to hang out with me. But while I was in the sorority, I couldn't build really deep, authentic friendships because I did not have the same experience as these sorority girls at all, nor did I have the same interests in a lot of ways. I just felt pretty isolated once again and alone. Like I wasn't going to be pretty enough to hang out with the white girls and go to the white girl parties. I wasn't going to be rich enough to to do that either. Um, and I wasn't going to be woke enough to hang out with the black people because I was friends with white people. So I, again, started feeling alone and started sort of suppressing a lot of my personality, depending on who I was hanging out with. Luckily for me, though, I was I got into a relationship pretty early in college with my boyfriend, Jeff. And what I learned from that is that With my relationship with Jeff, I made a very important decision early on to never lie to him. And this was the first person in my life that I had really done that with because I was lying to people in high school about how much money I had. I was lying to my high school boyfriend about things. And so by being authentic with Jeff, that's how we were able to really build such a long lasting and productive relationship. And I think that didn't really make itself clear to me until much later in life. However, I think that that is the tr- one of the truest foundations for a good relationship is a relationship not just like a romantic one but a good friendship is completely being your authentic self and noticing and being able to act on your insecurities. 
Something I've learned in building my adult friendships is that I can't be friends with insecure people. And that's because after I graduated college and I had been sort of just so insecure for so long and wanting to be accepted by all these people, but was constantly like not really being my full authentic self. And I realized I didn't really have a ton of like great relationships to show for it. And only in the relationships where I was vulnerable and honest about who I was and didn't really care what other people thought of it was when I was able to actually, you know, be in a good, helpful two-way relationship. You know, those were the only times where the friendships were authentic and real and helpful. Coming back to this idea of it being hard for me to be friends with insecure people is because I have so much power in owning who I am. There's so much power in owning your mistakes. Like there's so much power in owning where you came, where you grew up. Like for so long, I was would would try to pre- pretend like I came from like a rich background. Girl, I grew up in the projects. Like I did not have money. You know what I'm saying? Once I started just authentically like living in that and being like, yeah, I don't have money, but I like I'm who I am, and that's all that matters. That's when I started feeling so much more confident and proud of myself and built this sort of self-awareness that made it easy for me to feel comfortable in every place that I was in. And of course, I mean the external validation and the jobs and the, you know, enjoyment and, and the consistency of showing up for myself also sort of helped with that confidence. But really what it comes down to is just being authentic about it. And that includes owning my mistakes and owning that, yeah, I was lying to people to protect myself, owning that, yeah, I was mean in certain relationships because I was insecure and I wanted to fit in with people, you know, and I still to this day, like have issues where that has come up for me as well. But if you own it, you can't really shame the shameless, you know, if you own it, life is just so much easier. So I want to say that the foundation of great female friendships is authenticity and confidence. And when I feel like people would always say like, oh, you need to be confident to be friends with people. But until I really noticed that like in relationships where I wasn't being authentic and wasn't really like owning who I was, I was not happy in those relationships. And that's why they didn't work. It wasn't because of some other person. Almost all of our relationships are simply reflections of who we are. They aren't necessarily reflections or just other people being bad people. Like they're often reflections of who we are so that we can make a change, so that we can authentically connect with people. Vulnerability and honesty and authenticity is important. But of course, you want to know who to trust and you want to be honest with yourself about the people in your life who you do trust. An example of dealing with friends who are insecure, I think all of us are insecure. I'll say that. If you're having trouble building authentic friendships, I think it's because you need to, one, look at yourself, and two, look at who you are going to try to be friends with. I was friends with a girl who I thought everything was fine for a while, and then I started noticing a tendency where she had a lot of insecurity about male attention or her experience with men or, like, getting guys or whatever, and she would make really nasty comments um, like about other women's bodies or because she or like would make fun of like our girlfriends in front of guys to sort of like assert her dominance. We all have seen that before. You know what I'm talking about. And I noticed like if she can't own up to her own insecurities, if she can't authentically look at something that she's been doing wrong and own it and then try to change it because of her own like through her own 
personal self-growth and like work, then I can't be friends with those people. And I don't think you should be friends with those people either. I think if you're in a relationship with anyone who is causing harm to people around them because they can't face what's wrong with them, that is a recipe for disaster. And that's a recipe for a friendship where there is broken trust. And after I cut this girl off, I found out that she had been talking shit about my relationship or talking shit about my content. And that was really because she was operating from a place of insecurity because those are things that she wanted. And when she saw that I was having them, she was making negative comments to make herself feel better about the fact that she didn't have them. And I think that that's something that a lot of people do subconsciously or consciously. And it's not something that I want to be, I don't want to be friends with people like that. I also notice like if girls are talking shit about other girls who they are like best friends with on social media or something like that that's not someone I want to be friends with either my friends and I we are not talking shit about each other if a situation happens and we're like oh my god like I hope this I hope that something I don't we we always try to talk about things authentically with each other instead of being like or, or if someone does bother you I think this goes back to the confidence piece If someone does bother you, you have to give them the benefit of the doubt if you know that they're a good person and if you've had a long relationship with them and authentically talk to them about it and confront them and be like, hey, I didn't really like when you did this and it made me feel this type of way. I don't want to be mad at you for this. So can you tell me where you were coming from so that we can resolve this situation? And the important part about this is to take a step back and say, hold up, like, I want to give, I want to assume the best intentions. Assuming best intentions is one of the best things we can do for ourselves. Assume the best intentions of this person who is my friend. Ask them to explain themselves in a way that's not triggering, no no yelling, no fighting, just like chatting on the phone, like, what happened here? Because it hurt my feelings. And then get to the root of the issue and say, I really just want to assume the best intentions here. Like, I don't think you meant to hurt me. So in the future, like, let's just like, approach this in a different way. That will resolve 99% of your relationship problems if you're dealing with someone who's also authentic and also confident. You know what I'm saying? So I think that friendships are difficult for a lot of people to maintain, but let's get into making new friends and making good friends. So something I look for in friends is obviously someone who is authentic and confident, but I also think that it's important to think about how you feel when you're hanging out with someone. I have to check myself for this a lot because for so much of my life, I was putting myself in these situations and then changing my personality so that I could fit in in those situations. What I really needed to be doing was asking myself, wait, how do I feel when I'm around this person? Do I feel like I can be authentically myself? Do I feel like I can trust my gut? Do I feel like I'm having fun? And if those three things are not necessarily happening, then why would you want to be friends with this person? A lot of times we think we just want to be friends with people because one, we just want the quantity of friends. We want the number to go up, but we also just kind of want you know, validation from these people. But ask yourself, who are you asking for validation from? You know, do you want to be like this person? Do you authentically enjoy hanging out with them? Ask yourself that first. And I think that is is the recipe for finding your people. Secondly, I think that when you are building new friendships, it's important to set expectations with them. I'm someone who I am not a texter. You guys cannot text me. Like, I do not answer my texts. I check them maybe once a day. 
I'm someone who I love having authentic, real, honest conversations in person. I like a FaceTime date. And I can't be friends with someone who's going to expect me to text them back 24-7 because that's just not who I am. If that's who you are, that's completely fine. But you have to set expectations with your friends and be honest with them about who you are and what you expect because maybe you see texting 24-7 as like an authentic friendship. I see it as something that's annoying because what I like, I have other things to do and I can't focus on my text 24 seven. So I think that that is important too, is to set expectations for friendships so that you don't get into a place where you're uncomfortable and you don't have to do this by sitting down at dinner and being like, Hey, so when I text you, I'm expecting a response in 10 minutes or Hey, don't ever text me because I hate texting and I will never answer. No, you sort of talk about it in authentic conversation as it comes up, as it comes up. And you say, hey, like, oh my God, I'm sorry I missed your text. Like, I'm just not a texter. Like, I'm so sorry. And then that person can be like, okay, cool. You're not a texter. I'm not going to expect you to text me back, like, within four minutes going forward. But I can definitely expect that if we plan dinner, you're going to show up to dinner and we're going to have a good conversation. A lot of times, friends also fall into different categories. And that goes along with setting expectations as well. Some friends are work friends where you enjoy hanging out with them at work, but you don't necessarily go out with them. Some friends are going out friends where you love them because they're super fun to go out with, but you don't necessarily call them when you're going through a breakup. And then there are friends who are your long distance besties who you don't really see them all the time, but when you do and you link up, it is the best thing ever. And it's so much better for all of our mental health if we often compartmentalize our friends so that we don't expect things from them that we know that they cannot give to us. That is something I learned in high school when a girl who we were on again, off again, frenemies. And one of my RAs, because I was in boarding school, told me like, girl, do you really think that this girl can give you the friendship that you're asking for? And I had to look at our history and see what had been happening consistently on a basis for years and say, no, like, honestly, is this girl going to show up for me the way that I need her to show up for me? The answer is no. So if I keep expecting that from them, I am the one doing a disservice to myself. I am the one who is causing pain because if I know she can't give it to me, I'm not going to ask for it. You know, this goes for family relationships. This goes for romantic relationships. Do not expect things from people that you know they cannot give. You can give them a chance to give something to you. And if they do, amazing. If they don't, don't expect it moving forward. To wrap that up, that was sort of my thoughts on my experience making friends um, growing up, my experience with building and maintaining friendships, dealing with conflict. And I kind of want to give a few resources for actually making friends as a um, young adult, because when you're like graduating college, maybe you fell into the same trap that I did, where you didn't really make a ton of like huge like friend groups in college and you kind of want to build better friendships, there's a few things that I recommend. So the first is just connecting with people through your network. So I made some friends because like this girl who I went to college with connected me with someone she did an internship with or connected me with someone who she met because of this, blah, blah, blah. And you just DM them and you're like, do you want to get dinner sometime? I live in the city and I'm looking for new friends. The worst someone can say is no. You know what I'm saying? Like putting yourself out there authentically is a really great way to make friends. I've also heard a lot of people have success with Bumble BFF. I've heard people make friends through that. I also think that it's really helpful if 
you join clubs or activities in your city that you really enjoy because you're often bound to find people who have similar interests to you and are similar to you because, you know, you're doing the same thing. So I know that there's like a black girl book club that some of my friends have met through before. There are um, experiences like career programs. I was an MLT management leadership for tomorrow while I was in college. And that was the first time that I made other black girlfriends that were like me, who were like interested in business, that were also interested in like soft life, like luxurious things and self-care and stuff like that. And that was really, really fun for me. And like, I I genuinely didn't think there were other people like me (laughs) up until MLT sometimes. So career programs. Also, you could join a run club in your city. You could start volunteering somewhere where you really enjoy the cause that you are working with. And sometimes your friends don't always have to be other people your age. You could be making friends with older people if you're volunteering at like a nursing home or something like that. But I think like um, joining, like I said, joining a run club or consistently going to the same workout class and seeing a girl there and just going up and saying hi and introducing yourself. Everybody's insecure. Everybody is scared to make friends, but nobody will say no to adding new authentic friendships to their group. You know what I'm saying? Like maybe they don't have the capacity to go to dinner with you right now. And if so, you just taught yourself that you can go out of your comfort zone and ask someone to hang out with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's a gift. That's such a gift. There's plenty of ways to be making new friends, but I do just want to acknowledge how difficult it can be to connect with other women because we're always so scared of what people are going to say. What's on the other side of fear is always worth it. It's always worth it. So I love you guys. I also am working on a way for us to connect for as, as the podcast community, the people who love and listen to this podcast, hopefully through a Discord. So I hope that we can get that going for you guys soon. That would be a great way for you to make friends with people too. You can make online friends. We can organize a meetup or something like that. I think that would be really fun. That was my Smart Girl's Guide to Female Friendships. I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. If you did and if you love the podcast, please, please, please support us by leaving a review and by sharing this episode with anyone who you think might like it or anyone who maybe you've been talking to about how they want to make new authentic female friendships. It would really mean a lot to me. It helps the show grow. It helps the show reach the people who need it. So please, please, please do that. And with that being said, I love you guys so much. Don't forget that you are too smart to not love yourself. Thank you so much for listening to Too Smart for This. I am so grateful that you took the time out of your day to take a listen to these conversations. If you're looking for more content, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Too Collective. And don't forget to follow me, your host, Alexis Barber, on the Gram TikTok as well. Don't forget you can also watch our solo episodes on YouTube. So be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Alexis Barber. And we do a weekly giveaway of PR products or Amazon gift cards cards to girls who leave great reviews down below. So please make sure to leave your reviews and follow us on Instagram to be notified in case you win. And with that, do not forget that you are too smart to not love yourself and see you in the next episode.